Welcome to the throne room with Beth Tarasi. Got a little present for you all. It's always happy here. Kind of interesting, too. So if you want to join us, join us. If you're listening to this from the toilet, you're in the toilet squad. Congratulations. of the throne room with Beth Tarasi. I'm going to try to end season three with a bang. I have been recording bits and getting low viewership and I'm done. Done. But I have a surprise for all of you. I have a little present. Does anyone want to know what a toilet actually looks like? No need. I'm recording right from the literal throne room of this little bitty freaking apartment thing. And I'm sitting on the throne, ha <laughs> ha. And before you make jokes about the toilet, I'm, I'm just gonna say this, season four is gonna look something like this. And I also would like to say hello to all my friends and those who follow the podcast. I will be interviewing some very special and awesome people because by this fall and by the new season of The Throne Room with Beth Tarasi, there will be interviews, people. And I'm, cal I'm counting on all of you. Go ahead and submit an email to denverqueen at gmx.com. My buddy Dion did that. And he got interviewed, and I did it on Anchor, but I'm going to do something really cool. I am going to use Backpack Studio. The new interview feature is coming, people. Right now, it's on the beta. And I don't do beta testing. I don't... I, it's like... I, I want to make sure that the thing works correctly before I put something like an interview out there. And... I would like to thank my ever awesome friend, Melissa Rowe. She does the, what is it, the Mel's Podcast Life, and she also has a dog blog. And I would like all of you to send good vibes to Melissa for her guide dog, Zappa. He's been, he's been okay, except, well, he's being treated for something. We don't know what it is, and nobody's gonna know. Not till they know. They're gonna. They're trying to figure out what the heck is up with Zappa. He's his appetite's just gone to hell. But then again, to be fair, so has mine, and I will talk about that. Um, why my appetite's gone to hell, and it's it's not because I drink too much. I've only been eating so few solid food these days. 
and it's not because I'm ill per se. Also, coming up, we have May, Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm going to talk a little serious talk about what positive stuff is happening in the world of the mental health acceptance, but I'm also going to discuss, like, the negatives. Um, I know it's been a while since I've done a throne room episode, so people, don't be alarmed. I'm only going to flush my worries down this. cityscape outside the damn window. Oh my god, what a beautiful day. Despite the weird cold weather here in Colorado, I think it's a beautiful day here in Denver. We're not getting any snow again, except for the mountains are getting snow again. But you know what? Maybe it's a good thing we don't live in the friggin' mountains, hey? What's up, everybody? And for the first time, I do want to acknowledge that someone says they love my podcast. I'd like to thank... I'm just going to record this ahead of time in case. God forbid. But I I emailed with one of my good listeners, (laughs) Dominic Mazzalongo. Thank you very much for emailing me and being cool like the cool kids and emailing me at... DenverQueen at GMX.com. The the analytics are not looking too pretty for my podcast, honestly. I'm tired of people not listening to my podcast. I do need to have... I don't know what this. I am going to put a sponsorship ad on my podcast. But I'm actually thinking of maybe putting the podcast on a free tier for now. Because not everybody wants to subscribe to the podcast. Which reminds me, I want to talk a little bit about how we're going to do the podcast from now forward. Um, the way This is not necessarily the way I'm doing it. This is how Spotify and Anchor will do it. Anchor will now have, I think they're going to have like an option thingy where you can add a subscriptive thingy to the podcasts. And Anchor is the way I do post-production stuff. Anyway. And for those of you who are listening on Apple Podcasts, I don't know, but I do know that Apple is trying... Apple and Spotify are freaking competition. Which is stupid. I don't even like this idea that one podcast platform is better than the other. I do not like it. What I do like, though, is that both of these podcast makers are doing a thing where you can put, like, a money subscription on. And honestly, I'm not sure if any of y'all want... If any of y'all wants to subscribe to my podcast. Because the thing is, not everybody that listens to my podcast has the financial wherewithal to do something like this. If you think about it, budgetary constraints always have been a part of my daily living too. And as much as I have to say, well, yeah, I have to support the kid, I have to feed myself, I have to do this. 
podcasting is hardly a job for me, really. It's it's a fun little bitty thing. It's a fun little bitty. Um, oh, and I'd like to put a message bulletin out for my Jewish friends. Please be safe on everything. Be safe out there because... Even in Colorado, where we have a Jewish gay governor, god damn, what the hell? There was recently a thingy where someone reported anti-Semitic stuff happening at Jewish funerals. Some guy said, and I quote, and I'm not saying this because I'm anti-Semitic. I don't tolerate that shit. But like, some guy said, and this is a quote from the news source itself. He said, quote, the only good Jew is a dead Jew, period, quote. And that's quotes, okay? There you go, okay? Well, and the other negative thingamajig in Colorado I am going to get into is, um, how many of you know somebody, how many of you know of a blind inmate? Now, I know this is... Maryland actually did something about blind inmates in prisons. And to be quite honest, I am getting annoyed with people thinking that, well, prisoners shouldn't have rights. I understand that when you do a bad thing, you have to pay for your bad deeds. But should you really have to pay for your bad deeds by being sick in the ass because you sat on some asshole's urine and feces on a toilet? Yuck. Because inmates in the... I think it's the man prison that's having all this problem. What's really weird is the NFB is now advocating for folks who are blind all over the United States prison system. While I do stand with the prisoners who recently filed a lawsuit in Colorado... Um, I want to say that the, uh, the prisoners, that one of them is, uh, serving time for having sex with a minor. The other one is on drug charges. Um, I want to say I stand with these guys, but I still think the NFB has to prioritize guardianship abolishment because one, when I tried to bring the guardianship case before Scott Labar and the other NFB folks, they didn't even look my way. The National Federation of the Blind has some pretty fucked up priorities, mind you. And the priority one is not holding transgressors accountable for what they do. Now, I am not going to name any of the players in the story I'm about to tell, but this is a general outlook I have about Colorado Center. I am going to, however, do this for my friend Davina Riddles, who is starting a transition from male to female. And Colorado Center is meh. Not as transphobic as the LCB Rustin, but I don't think it's very nice to say that, oh, well, you know, because you're not as far in your transition, I'm not comfortable letting you have a roommate. Bullshit! 
You want to know something about roommate situations? It's not just that, but Colorado Center did not think about the impact of guardianship on my ability to get a job. They were more worried about the fact that my friend Davina should not have a roommate? What? And you know, the sad part is, I understand. Now, my, my buddy Chris is really cool, too. And I want to give a shout out to Chris Doughty. If you listen to my podcast, boy, you're going to love what you see. But, um, I'm not trying to be mean. My trans friends are the best friends I've ever had. I have been accused blatantly by an ex of mine of being transphobic. But truth is, I had little education in the means and ways of transitioning. I don't think we should have separate boy-girl roommates anymore at Colorado. Ooh, it's raining. Ooh, boy. I love this feeling of rain on my face. I felt a raindrop. (laughs) And this is the cool thing about the Olympus uh, LSP4. I get to record, and it catches this. Listen to the listen to the cars outside the window. Listen to the cars. And I get to get it's more of a real thing. Anyway, back to what I'm saying about the CCB. I do care about the people at the CCB. But I also want to make sure that male privilege is not being the biggest priority of the NFB. But I think the NFB does have a male privilege issue. Because if I was one of those prisoners, if I was either Brian, what was his name? Adrian Chavez or Brian Manks, Makes, whoever the guy is. God, I can't say his name. Um, if I was one of the two inmates filing a lawsuit against the Department of Corrections, I think I might have been raped, murdered, or worse punished and put in solitary for filing the lawsuit and a civil rights complaint against the Department of Corrections. And the National Federation of the Blind would have probably never taken me seriously at all. Like, they did not take me seriously about the guardianship case. And I want the National Federation of the Blind's priorities to be priority one. The health and well-being of all blind people, whether you're in the mainstream or, you know, prison. And I understand. But you also need to make priority one freedom for all blind people who aren't exactly charged with, well, having sex with minors. I understand. But when, when you do have to serve time in a goddamn prison... There are some standards that blind people need to be held to. And the the Department of Corrections needs to do the following things. One, allow Brian and Adrian, the two inmates that are serving time in different prisons, I would like to see those guys housed in a jail cell with a sanitary toilet. No more common commodes for these guys, okay? And number two, they need to be allowed to use a white cane in prison so that they can be 
as independent as other inmates. No weapon checks in their canes, either, because it's humiliating anyway. Number three, no solitary just because you're blind. I've seen that happen to one guy in Arizona. Uh, number four, all departments of corrections should never subject a transition person, like somebody male to female or female to especially male to female transitions. Allow all transitioning inmates, blind or otherwise, to serve in a prison that identifies with their gender of choice, not with the gender assigned by their little freaking genitals or whatever. I don't care. Genitals don't even say enough. I don't even look at somebody's genitals and go, oh, male, female. No, I don't even look at that anymore. I haven't even thought about it much. Because, oh, and there is a book I'm going to recommend that's on Bard. I'll talk about that in a sec. Another thing about the Department of Corrections. All inmates, blind or otherwise, should be given AIDS, offender care AIDS, like those at Colorado, are indeed unreliable. So the complaint reads, what's the solution to this problem? You need to give the inmates a few different tools so they can do things adaptively, like non-visually. For instance, give the inmates a talking version or braille version of the prison handbook, the regulations, the grievance process, all that stuff, all that other fancy stuff. All inmates who are blind must be given priority access to the library, the law library, and if they can't read a book, then a reader should be assigned who meets all of some disciplinary screening and all that shit. If I were a prisoner, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of these guys, okay? What I would do is never give money off my books. This was going on in Maryland as well. You had inmate safety all fucked up because like they couldn't even read their books they couldn't read stuff ar law articles case law they couldn't prepare their goddamn defense and I would like to say Scott Labar yeah he is one hell of a firebrand I'm naming him because he's a firebrand and his name is all over the newspaper the Denver Post recently put the newspaper article out about the two inmates filing the lawsuit. And I am going to say I support those inmates because you know what? Being in prison sucks. It's not fun. I know it shouldn't have to be fun. But the loss of human dignity in the United States prison system needs to change. And it needs to stop. Because... It allows unequal privilege to be distributed, and the hierarchy goes like this. White males who have not committed sex offense, the white-collar criminal people. We're talking like, for example, Rob Lugoyevich. Why the hell did he even get pardoned? Well, he is able, cited, and 
he served time for a white collar crime. Now, I did hear somebody tell me that the white collar people don't exactly get asked to have sex as much. But those who committed a blue collar crime, examples, one of the inmates in the lawsuits had sex with a minor. Okay, so you had sex with a minor. Can you please give the guy a fair punishment that does not involve the following things? The common commode, inmates asking him to have sex in exchange for things he might need done. And there are some times when inmates have to bribe the guards or bribe somebody else for a basic human need. If Brian and Adrian needed help in the prison, I don't see a problem with making the PCs, the central library computer system, I'm just waiting for a second, the central system in the library accessible with screen access software that the inmates request. JAWS, you know, window eyes, or they need to have basic training in these device things and they need to have training in all sorts of things and they also need access to the internet locked down so they don't go on Facebook or email or whatever (laughs) but the truth is I think we need to give our blind inmates a little more priority than the sighted ones because the sighted ones can simply glance at a piece of paper and there you go I understand that some of you may disagree with me on this, but the problem is human dignity and worth should be considered. Even if you've done something really evil, I understand that killing and having sex with minors is, it's all crimes. I understand they're crimes. I get it. But subjecting these people to more stress, more anxiety, and Oh, less dignified treatment is worse. If I go to a prison, the first thing I want is respect. Because I ain't never got it, okay? And I'm putting myself in in the shoes of the inmates here. Brian and Adrian probably don't even get any goddamn respect because of the crimes they committed. That is something that must change in the U.S. based on what I've observed about... Raphael Rowe and other journalists who've gone to the prisons tough enough to be dumb-ass jail dungeons. The guy went to Angola Prison in Louisiana. He went to, oh God, one of the world's toughest prisons is in Costa Rica. La Reforma is, oh God, it's a shithole. It's a hellhole. Uh, It's a filth hole too. And... I do want to say that I have friends who are Costa Rican, probably haven't gone to the place, but it is very true. You know, these prisons are tough. Why should somebody who committed a crime... Most of these criminals don't even have the skills or the jobs. Now, one of the things I would like to be able to do in a prison, if I ever did go to prison at all, God forbid if I ever did commit a small crime or something, you know, if I go to the women's prison. There are programs that put inmates in cells with dogs. I love dogs, man. 
And there are programs such as Puppies Behind Bars. And you go to class and your corrections officer puts you in a class. And the thing about these jobs and programs that other prisoners have access to is they require you to fill out forms and get screenings. Brian and Adrian would not be able to do things like that. Why? Because the forms are printed. Only in written form. And Scott Labar is suing the Department of Corrections for these guys on behalf of these guys. Because, honestly, I'd like to see those guys change their goddamn lives and turn their lives around. And I honestly think maybe they should cut the sentence in half for, I believe it's, was it Adrian? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember which one is. The guy who had sex with a minor should not be serving 34 years in prison because of his blindness. The sentence is also attached to oh besides serving your your time we're gonna fuck you up in the toilets we're gonna make you get sick in the ass and 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 you're gonna have to sit on urine and feces that is not dignified treatment it does not go into you know it 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 doesn't recognize the dignity and worth of every goddamn human being Prisons have been historically not able to meet that kind of demand. But if I am a prisoner, if I am a corrections officer or a warden, I would demand on behalf of all clients who end up in prison, I want them to be able to do the programs so they can turn their lives around. You know, even in Sing Sing Correctional Institution in New York, There are guys who go to classes and they sit there and they write papers and do meditate. Will I say something about blind sex offenders? Yes. I do think sex offenders. I know some of you might say, well, they should be hung up by their dicks, but that's not codified into the justice system. That is not the justice system I want to see because Let's face it, sex offenders have a few different reasons for being sex offenders. Lots of different reasons, and it can vary from person to person. I'm not even going to go into it, but I do know that Daryl Buford got shot because he was a sex offender. Guys, I understand you are all going to say, but why are these people not... Well, first of all, if you're in prison, you're being punished. I get it. But the punishment should not be something stinky, smelly, or sickening. It's called, there are prisons in like Mali and Africa that don't even feed their inmates. This is the United States. We can do better than this. And I think that if Maryland, if Maryland can be forced to do the same things for their inmates, I am guessing that even my state, Colorado, and every other state's Department of Corrections, and the Federal Department of Corrections, will do the same fucking thing. And I want to thank Scott and all the people who are suing on behalf of these inmates. There are a lot of things I would do. For one... Since the inmates can't read printed letters, I would suggest 
these inmates and all inmates besides be allowed an email address. I think that we need to change it so that inmates can have an email address, that they can have equal access to visiting hours. I think it's going to sound weird, but I don't want the inmates on Facebook. I know, it's going to be weird. But the other thing is, we need to give these inmates a chance to, to, to transform themselves. For the guys who commit sexual offenses against minors, or anyone else, they should be given equal access to all therapeutic documents besides everyone else. So there's the guy in Colorado that is serving time for having sex with a minor. I understand you. I hear you out. Hell, I'm a free woman and I am I am trying to make sure that I get the best damn mental health treatment that I need. But oftentimes, a sex offender is someone with a severe mental illness. A sex offender does, however, have a choice. These people, every single sex offender in a prison anywhere in the nation, Yes, even the Norwegian ones, you know, and even around the world, yeah. Um, these people should have access to the best therapy. All inmates should be required to go to therapy. And yes, keep the weapons checks in the prison, but give the blind guys a white cane. Give the blind guys a white cane and you can give them cells without cellmates and a fresh, clean toilet. I also watched the docu-series called Jailbirds on Netflix and I was shocked to see the kind of shit that was going on in the prison. I don't care if you're a guy or a gal or a whatever in a prison system. I think that all, if we could transform our prison system so that it is, you know, rehabilitative instead of punitive, we wouldn't have as many prisoners to begin with. And I think that's fine. We need to get rid of private prison companies. And we also need to get rid of, well, the bars. Okay? I get it. I know that you all think that this is not cool. We need to abolish capital punishment and the death penalty as well. Because it's medieval. It carries a, a side effect of racism. Male privilege, female, white privilege, male privilege, whatever. The hierarchies of prisons go like this. Those who commit federal crimes that are non-life-threatening are given the most priority. And those who are beautiful are given lighter court sentences. We need to get something done about this stupid justice system. I would give the justice system a C-, and there's a good reason I would. Because of these cases in Colorado, Maryland, and other states where blind people are mistreated in the prison system, Blind people should never be mistreated. I don't care what crime you committed. 
If I looked those inmates in the face, I would say, look, do you guys want me to give you guys email? Do you think email would be good so that you can read your letters? So that you don't have to rely on a reader to read your goddamn letters. If the stupid readers don't show up, I totally understand. Let's abolish the need for these aids. Let's abolish inmate isolation contraband bullshit. No way. I'm sorry, but... If I was in prison in any country in the world other than the United States, especially the more Scandinavian ones, they get better treatment. They get apartments. They get cards. They get days where they can go shopping. And there's a meal that everyone eats like once a day. They made a fish casserole. God, they're Scandinavian. And you might think... No, but they're Norwegian. This is America. We have a bunch of... No, I don't want to hear that word. People here in the United States that need to be... Uh-uh. No. I suggest we shut down Angola Prison in the in the Louisiana area. Because you got people there that haven't even committed crimes and they're sitting in jail. I will advocate for every goddamn prisoner in the nation who is blind. One, because, well... I don't see any reason why they should even be punished the way they're being punished. Mistreating people is just stupid, okay? It's stupid. Number two, the corporal works of mercy that I was taught in Catholic Church. I'll always stick by the ones, the the veneral works of mercy, the corporal works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy. There's a bunch of merciful things you can do for people. Now, outside of the prison system, comfort the dying, visit the sick. This is why I'm in the By Your Side Singers, goddammit. I am in the By Your Side Singers because the By Your Side Singers, we are supposed to be visiting people. I haven't even gone on a visit yet, but I don't know anybody. I just don't know anybody in the community that would be... They might be a little scared of my presence. I mean, I'd like to sing with these folks, but I would like to see them transition to in-person visits so that we can meet together, so that we can meet together, so that we can do the corporal work of mercy that involves visiting the sick. Now, there are a lot of Christian churches who do prison ministries. That isn't fair to those prisoners who are United Universalists, I understand. The problem is that I think we need to untwist the evangelical mindset. A lot of these churches don't like being gay and trans and bi. Well, guess what? With every mixed bag of people, you're going to have that kind of person in a prison system. Why do you think they're in the prison system? First of all, I think we need to change societal attitudes about transgender people. So if Davina goes out and decides, oh, well, I'm going to rob a bank, she doesn't get fucked in a very bad way, you know, or put in a prison with a bunch of males. Seriously, cisgender males 
were dumb as hell. Davina should be able to serve time in a women's prison, regardless of how far along she is in her transition. And give her a solitary cell. I mean, she could still hang out with inmates in the goddamn rec room, okay? God damn it. But please, 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 don't put her in a communal cell with like 30 other people who are like, oh, 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 you fucker. Oh my god, you're dangerous. That's what people are gonna say. Not that Davina would rob a bank, okay? I know Davina. She ain't that type of person. She doesn't turn around and say, rob the jewelry store and tell them, make me a grill. And I don't know if I want to see that grill on her freaking teeth. I think she'd look pretty weird with a grill. But then again, so would anybody else. I don't really like the idea of diamonds and crystals all over your goddamn smile. I mean, I understand some people don't like to fucking... Uh, some people don't like to fucking brush their teeth, but whatever. Um, but the truth is, our justice system has to do an overhaul. I think that the Colorado Bureau of Prisons and the Departments of Corrections does indeed need to transform an overhaul. Those who are against it are not understanding the corporal works of mercy. A chaplain should be called into the prison... And it has to be, I, in in my opinion, okay, I'm a bit biased, but Islam and Christianity, fine. But please put other spiritual authors in the prison library. Things that blind people can read. Do not, do not bias yourselves. If you're a, if you're a prison, if you're the guy who is in charge of the prison... Don't, don't bias and say that all inmates have to pray or that they have to, well, I mean, this is the United States. If you're in some place that, that pretty much says the state religion is Islam, well, same deal. But even in Islam, there are works of mercy. Muslims must visit their brothers or sisters in prison. And it depends on the crime, but honestly, it, it would also depend on my safety as well. If I go and visit you in prison, there's, there's one thing I want to tell you. I'm only going to visit you because I care. Because, man, it's, it's called, you know, fucking corporal works of mercy do say we have to visit those in prison. And it ain't just those who've done bad things. I know people make mistakes. I've made plenty. I have made some bad fucking choices in my life. But you know what? I'm not stupid enough to go out and rob a bank. Or kill somebody. Steal their money. Take advantage. Take papers. If you're a blind man in prison, if you're a blind woman in prison, you know what? I'm right there. I'm right there. We need to show all prisoners the same mercy we show our sick, our orphaned, our abandoned widows, and all of that. Because the UU principle that I honestly, I'm very, very, very touched by is the, what is it? 
it's the recognition of the dignity and worth of every human being. That includes, I know this is gonna sound weird, but it, it's even those who've done the worst things. You could be a demon, a monster, but you know what? The real monster is the system. It ain't you. Because humans can change. The departments of corrections and the bureaus of prisons and stuff, they need to transform and they're not doing a very good job of it here in the US. Because these white people who are running the system, those who are in charge of it, probably don't want black people free. First and foremost, we need to declutter our jails. I think the only people who should even be in prison are the violent ones. The ones, the ones who do the violent stuff. And I'm talking about if someone like someone I know was to take a gun and shoot somebody else or shoot repeatedly the guy in the boulder shooting. Okay, violent inmates only should be in prison. Why the fuck are we putting people in prison for stealing hedge trimmers? God damn it, that's outrageous. Louisiana, I'm talking to you. You're doing some stupid shit there in your state. Change the policy or get written off as a Confederate wannabe. That's what I say. And I'm sorry, I am very, very, very like, I'm riled up because why are two guys in Colorado who are fucking blind being treated like animals, beasts of burden, or worse, things? Why is their worth being put to the test? Think about it, y'all. I'm sitting here in my 13th story window. My partner's in the kitchen and he's just hanging out in the kitchen. I may, I don't know what I want to do, but really, I really, really, really want to try more casseroles. And I'm glad that I have the freedom to decide what food I'm going to eat. The fact that the food is expired half the time, it's like inmates get all the goddamn cheap shit. That's kind of how it works. Now, I also will do a bit about schools. And I'm sorry this bit is a bit long, but I'm glad that all of you are here. Again, thanks to those who commit the honor, the honorable thing, and write me some feedback. If you guys have any feedback about what you want to hear on this podcast, if you want to send me a news article about an update maybe on this lawsuit in Colorado, please email me at the email address on denverqueen.com. I'll say it right here. It's denverqueen at gmx.com. Denverqueen, all one word, at gmx.com. There you go. Um, to be quite honest, I don't think prisoners should ever be mistreated. Every human being is worth something. And if I have to put myself... And there's another thing I want to talk about real quick before I close. For those of you who wonder why I'm not getting a job, let me tell you something. I care too much about people. It seems that I care about everybody. 
fucking else, but not me. And there's a reason I don't really care about myself. Well, I do care about myself too much and other people. I want to strike that balance, but people tell me that you need to do self-care. Well, part of the self-care... Let me explain two different instances where I had to do some serious goddamn self-care. One was after Joey Hagemeyer broke up with me in 2015. About 2016, he broke up with me and embarrassed the living shit out of me. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I couldn't even report that Joey was slut-shaming me. And he was, you know... It's like we would, you know, hang out and... He's transphobic and homophobic, whatever. I don't care. But Joey tried to make my life a living hell. And I had no friends. Everyone started following him. I had to cut the entire organization out because I am not here to sift through the sand and find a seashell. But I wanted to find a blind person that would not judge me by sexual activities, which is why I'm with Trenton. Part of the self-care that I had to do in 2016 was cut out everybody. Even the NFB, I had to cut them out. Everybody. There's no ACB in Colorado, so there would have been no way for me to have done ACB shit here. I do apologize to Kate Williams and everybody else, but A3 is hardly what it could be. I think that ACB should grow in Colorado. ACB is the one in charge of the audio description project. This I'm really grateful for. But I'm glad the NFB is filing that lawsuit against the prison people because really, um, those inmates need better treatment. But here's another thing. The instance of self-care number two. Well, does there have to be a number two? Um... The, the instance number two of self-care has to do with getting a job. I closed my rehab case in 2015. I closed my rehab case because of self-care. Now I'm thinking I may never reopen the case and I'm not going to college or getting a job because of a few different things. And this came as a realization because of the last thing that happened to me last March. Bill Bulls and Wes Derby sent me a death threat last March because I called them out for basically trying to kowtow on each other and fuck up with, fuck with Clayton Jacobs about the subject of police brutality. I got on their case and I basically called them out in my blog, but what did they do? They did the stupidest thing you could ever do. They filed... They misfiled police reports on me and sent me a death threat. The death threat I am classifying as such because of the words the Karen who called me spoke. I am not going to publish the number here, but I did publish that Karen's number on Facebook and she disconnected it. I'm guessing that Wes probably did sit there and help her put like a Google Voice number there. I don't know what he did. I honestly don't want to care or know what Wes did. And even, and there is something I want to say. If Wes ends up in prison for the shit that he did to me, look, 
<laughs> he doesn't know what kind of person I can be, but because of his ass anine treatment of me as a person who is female and blind and all that, I decided, and this is a recent realization, that if I get a job, all of you who work with me will be in danger. I am already a disability activist. It's not even my choice. Because there are people in guardianship bondage that are even worse off than the prisoners. I mean, God, sure, those inmates might get their asses sick because of the toilets and all of that. But you know what? Guardianship peoples, those in guardianship can't even determine whether they can email a friend or not. Angelica may be told never to see or talk to me again. Angelica um, Diaz, one of my friends. I did have to write her name down in a Facebook group. But honestly, I want to reveal that I am going to be helping Angelica get out of this as much as I can. I've already presented her a couple of different resources to try. We're going to work together. We're going to get her out of this. Because guardianship is a lot worse than what Brian and Adrian are going through in prison. I don't care if anybody says, well, Angelica doesn't deserve shit. No, she does. More so than anyone else. And I want to make sure she gets the opportunities that I will probably never have. I want Angelica and others like her to be able to have jobs, to be able to stage what they want in their lives, to be able to support a child, raise a couple kids, care for a pet, visit the neighbors, send their child to a school that will not bully or, you know, allow somebody to step on the kid's glasses. There are so many things that I would like for my kids. And one of them is, I don't want them to be activists. Not because they choose to be, but because there's something, to, you know, that they're passionate about. If my daughter wants to be in the disability activism community, or wants to speak out on behalf of anything, it has to be something that's worth doing. And that won't put her in a lot of danger. Example. If I have someone who identifies as female and my daughter, I'm going to say, well, if you want to do prison fellowship, I don't give a fuck, do prison fellowship. But activism is not something you say, mommy, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. No, activism kind of comes to you, man. You have to do things in activism that you don't want to do anywhere else. For the safety of all people who work, For the safety of those at the art call centers or any other job spot in Colorado, I am not getting a job. What I'm going to do is try to be my own boss. I'm going to be my own boss. And if anyone wants to help me, for example, design the the cover art for my podcast, please come to me. We'll work out a deal with the, you know, podcast things. I may have to eventually put the subscription there on my podcast so people... Honestly, if I do a $5 subscription per month to listen to me ad-free, 
that's like giving a patron you're patronizing my podcast and if you're wanting to be a patron a subscription patron to my podcast please let me know how much would you be willing to pay for my podcast how much would you be willing to you know subscribe for to solicit and with that money I just might be able to hire an artist who will say hey I like your cover art I like this I like that or design my goddamn cover art and I might put merch up on the website I was thinking of doing merch I want to find a host that will allow I think we may have to stick with Kyle but we were thinking of doing X10 hosting but I don't think there's going to be a need for the problem is there's going to be a need for a store I'm sure that Kyle can help and Trenton has done an excellent job of managing the website but a store with merch can you freaking believe it a store with merch I would like to have t-shirts that say hail to the queen the Denver queen written on the front and then you I was thinking I might, I might even need a logo to put on a mug and I honestly have an idea of what my logo should look like but I don't know if any of you thinks my logo is any good so this is the thing for you blind people listening to my podcast would any of you want me to design a logo to attract the rest of our friends yeah and here's something else I don't know if you guys want to do tote bags or bags I mean for those of you who want to support my podcast feed the queen hashtag feed the queen yeah there will I'm thinking of doing tote bags with my logo on it a shirt with a phrase and my logo on it and oh does anybody care whether my picture is on the cover art I don't want my picture anywhere in the cover art so if there are sighties out there who want to subscribe and I'm talking about if you have a job and you want to help this activist get this goddamn platform off the ground feel free to subscribe or if you can't because your money isn't in your wallet hey follow follow okay I'll shut up but that is how Apple and Spotify will be doing follows and subscriptions. If you want to listen to my podcast without the ad, it will probably end up being a subscription. I'm thinking of maybe even doing the subscription thing. I just don't know because like some of you don't have enough money. I'm thinking of doing a $5 subscription a month. If you want to listen for 5 bucks a month, fine. And I'll try to put up as many podcasts as I can in a month. Because I need more than just five bucks in my little wallet. So I can put money in the bank. Think about the possibilities for both of us. I know that you will be like, but I already have to pay for my rent, my bills, my god, da, 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 da. And my family doesn't want me to have the money. But you can share my podcast, okay? But for those who are paying... It'll be a win-win situation for everybody. You pay the rent and the bills. You can cancel anytime. You can come back to me. I don't care. I'm not really a 
you know, a forcible audience or a forcible somebody to be reckoned with or whatever, okay? But please, please, I don't want to have an empty bucket. I need a bucket and I'm going to have to put money in the bucket so that I can... We need to put drops in our bucket. We need to do a bucket drop virtually, okay? Together, we're going to work on subscriptions. We're going to have fun, you know? And I honestly don't care how much money you subscribe to me for. But that money is going to go toward a bank account. And that bank account is for me, okay? It'll help me get the hell out of this. I know. This 13th story bug-infested chateau... Yeah. Clearing bugs out of this apartment has not been fun. I don't want my furniture flipped over and my bed broken because of the bugs. No. No, no, no. Anyway, thanks all of you for listening and yeah. Uh, This might actually be the end of my episode for the day. To contact me, please go to the email address that the cool kid who emailed me earlier did, and yes. You can also check me out on Twitter, Facebook, and I don't know if we do Instagram. Oh, Twitter Spaces and Twitter Live will still be around. I will probably do more Facebook Lives. Thank you all, and have a great night. Yep, here I am on the throne again. I want to commemorate 60 years since the Freedom Riders, the bus boycotts, and all of that. I would like to talk to you guys about the importance of transportation and buses. But, see, I'd like to say to Melissa, if she's listening to this at all... (laughs) I don't usually go out to the bus stop or anything, but I want to start a conversation about buses in general and why it's for everybody. Now, we had public transportation years ago in the Southeast, and especially in all the Jim Crow-esque states. I'm talking to you, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Carolinas, Virginia, Maryland, Texas, let's see, what other former slave states can I think of? Oh my God. Um, Boycotting obviously did some serious stuff for the the folks in Alabama. Alabama still is kind of backward, but we'll save that for another topic. Um, If any of you's ever ridden a bus, I usually ride the bus this way. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. Trenton and I would usually pop on and sit in the front. Imagine, though, that Trenton was told, you can't ride this stupid bus, you little black guy. And he had to sit in the very back. There was a common practice in the South where you had the buses. And in Montgomery, it was particularly highlighted. But the black folks in Montgomery were told to ride in the back. There was a famous case involving a woman that we all know her name. I remember when Rosa Parks died many years ago. She was an activist and she was a seamstress. Rosa Parks worked and sewed for a living. 
She'd been sewing stuff, worked at a sewing plant, did good jobs. Of course, nowadays, clothing is outsourced to Cambodia and other Asian countries, and that's, like I said, a whole different topic. But with, with Rosa Parks, she was, I believe she lived in Montgomery, Alabama, and the Blacks always were resilient in places like that. I don't understand that part, but with Rosa, she's like, you know, a white guy comes on the bus and he's like, get up, give me your suit. And back in those days, it was the law. You had to give up your seat as a black person to a white person. Rosa wasn't comfortable with it, and so she got arrested and thrown off the bus. But the black folks were, they heard about this, word gets around. So they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to do something about this. And they decided to tell all the people of Montgomery not to ride the buses. If they couldn't dismantle the, the law because they were not in politics, Martin Luther King Jr. was one of the leaders behind the bus boycott in Birmingham and Montgomery. I believe it was mostly Montgomery. Um, also, I believe... Um, you gotta watch the movie Selma. I'll, I'll follow up on that in just a second, but... <sighs> I read this autobiography of Rosa Parks by Douglas Brinkley. And this was a little out of date because it was written while she was alive. But... What this book does say is that... Um, Rosa Parks basically, you know, derailed the bus system not even realizing it. I guess people don't realize what they do. But when the black folks thought of getting a bus ride somewhere, it was common practice during the boycott to say, hey, you need a ride? People were a lot more apt to do carpools at that time. I prefer carpooling anyway because do you know how many seats are on a public bus? Lots. And after the COVID pandemic, now, Granted, Denver does have a damn clean bus system, but let's get back to the Montgomery bus boycott. The power of a boycott is so significant. This is what can happen. When you boycott something, people make choices. They realize, oh God, we're losing money. What do we do? And there was no law on the books in Alabama necessarily, but the, it was bus, it was the bus policy where you know, black folks were thrown off or thrown to the back. And Trenton would never survive Alabama like that. Florida had similar bus policies. I heard that Orlando had been segregated at one time. But in the segregated South, there was a hell of a lot of things you could do. I do want to make an effort to discuss more things related to the general social justice and welfare and all of that. And I want to try to approach things a bit differently. So if you guys hear different sounds, like these are the sounds of a restaurant, these are the sounds of a bus station, what would it be like if you were told you couldn't get on this bus? And I want to be able to throw in some clips of different noises so you guys can kind of, you know, understand the conversation. But I also think that there's no clip, there's no sound of a boycott I can do. But 
The power of a boycott is so significant. And it doesn't even have to be about buses only. But the Montgomery bus boycott resulted in lessening of the Jim Crow bullcrap that Alabama was doing. Also, we had um, lots of other cities in the South. The Freedom Riders, there's actually a movie about them, but the Freedom Riders and Selma are your movies of the week. So I want you guys to listen to those and be very, very prepared to grab the tissues. Okay? I want you to grab your tissue box because some of the scenes in there that may, may make you either sick or cry. And I'm not responsible for that one. But those scenes are very important. And you'll be moved. You will be moved to take action. And it's not just I think that the Montgomery boycott has put a great spotlight on what boycotts do best. Now, I honestly have heard people say, let's boycott this or that because somebody said this or that. That's not really, I don't think it's a very good reason to boycott, and here's why. For example, if you are buying Bartoli pasta, what if the CEO of Bartoli said something about black people you didn't like? I understand you want to take your money where your mouth is, but it's only, I think the Bartoli pasta might be crap. Two bucks, but man, Barilla, if you think Barilla is a dollar more, let's say Barilla was four bucks and Bartoli was two. For you on food assistance, boycotting may not be an option. So you may have to buy the not-so-environmentally-responsible foods and things. I know. I feel y'all's pain. But we ultimately... I'm not saying that I'll boycott Coca-Cola products. I love Coke. I love Coke. But I bought me a Sam's Cola from Walmart, which is... The exact same thing. It's just the brand is changed. The label is changed. But I want you guys to know that boycotting can have some good consequences. I got an example of a thing you can boycott. If you're one of those highfalutin individuals and you're listening to this, how many times do you buy a mink coat for you or your child or your other family members or your loved ones? I also want to know how many times do you lower class people like if you don't make as much enough to buy an ermine coat what about a fast food company such as McDonald's Wendy's granted they are getting better but have you looked at the grades of your restaurants lately that use antibiotics or don't that use hormones or don't. I tried Shake Shack. They're not bad. I like their fries, but I want to try BurgerFi one of these days. I want to go to BurgerFi. But Wendy's is making an effort. McDonald's, they're raising the, the restaurant wages. Sometimes, like, I have to do McDonald's out of necessity, but a boycott looks like this. You don't purchase the items you're boycotting. 
and boycotts such as McDonald's, for instance. If you wanted to boycott McDonald's, I'm not saying do it, okay? But for us who love our chicken McNuggets, there, there's a reason why we eat at McDonald's. But I am actually um, in the process of personally boycotting Chick-fil-A, and there's a reason why. Where is the money from Chick-fil-A going? To anti-gay groups and hate groups and such. They do have a ministry, but who gives a crap? I like their sauce, but Chick-fil-A is seriously in big trouble with me because, like, they're donating to all these anti-gay orgs, and people don't like them. Yeah, their chicken is good quality, but what's the point? When you make a boycott, you need to ask yourself, what am I boycotting? Why am I boycotting this? And... You know, part of the reason for the boycotts might mean mistreatment of a minority group. Chick-fil-A does fit that criteria. They donate to people who mistreat gay people. Second of all, what am I boycotting besides just a bunch of chicken? I'm boycotting people who basically hate gay people. And I'm also concerned about, you know people being killed because of who they love and who they are. And this is not something to be humorous about. Honestly, I hope that the people who try to attack my friends for being who they are and what they are, who they love, I want these people to take a little trip to the, the uh, Empty Arms Hotel, as my friend Tyler would call it. Let's go to the Empty Arms Hotel and check out what happens when you do commit a crime if the crime is even reported. Look, if my friends get killed because of people eating at Chick-fil-A, I don't think that's the case though. But Chick-fil-A is trying to convert gays to straights. It's not gonna work. It's harmful. So I'm boycotting the mistreatment of gay people. It's not so much Chick-fil-A. But the other thing is, when you choose a company that you wanna diss or boycott, whatever, you need to ask, why am I doing this? Like I said, one of the reasons you could say that you're boycotting the company is because the, the money isn't being spent responsibly in responsible ways. While it does look good on the outside that Chick-fil-A is spending money on a ministry, Christian does some or that, it's not cool to hate on an entire group of people because of the wiring within their bodies and minds. The other thing is, Chick-fil-A's people subscribe to that same notion of, you know, women are sinful, women are evil, da-da-da-da-da. And the Christian Bible even has passages, particularly in the book of Genesis. I wish I could rip that Genesis thing out but there's too much valuable information about bloodlines to even bother. Not that the bloodlines are important. What's important to note is that the Bible, okay, I don't recognize myself as a Christian anymore, but the Bible is like, there's a passage in there. We all know what it is. It's basically the God saying, oh, multiply your pains in childbirth shall be multiplied and Adam shall rule over thee 
I am not saying that I will never buy Always Again, aka feminine products, but that kind of thinking is what led to us getting the luxury pink tax crap. I hope they will get rid of that because I'll talk about that in another topic, but I will not be able to boycott all feminine products, you know, because of, you know, where, where I am. I can't say that I'm moving to Aberdeen, Scotland either because Aberdeen has lots of resources for women and Scotland is doing a better job of that here. You know, there in Scotland. Um, I think it's going to be very important though to note that when you boycott a company, you have to boycott with a central why. Find your what. What does the company do? That's basically what you're saying. Why are you boycotting? What does the company do? And what do you want to get out of this? Now let me just explain my why. Chick-fil-A has been donating to basically homophobic orgs forever. And... <laughs> They've been donating to homophobic orgs. They say they'll stop, but then they go back and do it again. They're being hypocritical, and they are not really working in the teachings of Christ. Christ said nothing about gays and trans. You know, if Jesus came back, he'd be hanging around those people. Take it from a, an evangelical dude from Canada. I love this guy to death. He knows more and deeper shit than I do. I'm talking about Carrot Top. Carrot Top Tim, Tim Appleby. If you're listening to this, you know more crap about... Jesus was an inclusive figure and Chick-fil-A does not align itself with an inclusive feel. Although they are nice, I'm not going to lie. But I cannot trust myself to eat my friend's flesh and spend $2 or even $5 on their chicken sauce or drinks. Um, that's basically my what. What do I want out of a boycott or a refusal to eat at Chick-fil-A? I want them to stop donating to these orgs and really look at Jesus as an inclusive figure. Jesus never said a damn thing about gays, lesbians, that homosexuality is a crime crap has got to go. Now that you've heard my thing on boycotts, what are you boycotting? Why do you want to boycott it? Don't tell me you're going to boycott, boycott my podcast. I can't say anything. The throne room with Beth Tarasi does not support the following things. Racism, homophobia, gender identity, discrimination, and all those other Sexism, racism, ableism. We don't support any of that here at the throne room. So if you want to talk about something, please make sure you're talking about it in the framework of positive social justice. I want to see a paragraph from any of you in an email. I hate saying this every five seconds, but I haven't gotten one email from anyone since I don't even remember when I checked my email. The email is on my website, denverqueen.com. And I'm just going to end here because, well, we got a lady coming over. And my main caregiver, pray for her. She's uh, been kind of under the weather. 
I'll see you guys later. Live from the bedroom, it's a global accessibility day thingy with Beth, the Denver Queen, and my core, uh, what the hell do they call the royal guy who's married to the queen? Well, <laughs> oh yeah, Prince Consort, have I forgotten? Jesus. <laughs> anyway, oh, you're strange. That's another thing. Um, I think there's a lot of strange stuff going on in the world. But um, I want to first thank all of you who listen ahead of time in advance. Trenton did something amazing today. He actually rubbed my feet in coconut oil, which is one of those little self-care things that people do. Sometimes if you, if you want to do like a mud bath or something, I kind of wish I could do a mud bath, but yeah. Um... Let's talk global accessibility. What the hell does global accessibility mean? It has nothing to do with mud. No. We don't have any mud. We don't need mud to be accessible, that is. Um, mud doesn't have anything to do with it, but um, take a look around you. I was referring to the outside. Oh, yeah, I know, Speaking I know. Around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Staring at my ears again. Are you being weird? You don't use the look around applications. What look around application? Are you talking about like maps? Yeah, good maps from the American Printing House. Oh crap! I uh, haven't even put that on my friggin' phone, you moron! I think they're from the American Printing House. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I I don't remember, but good. It's, I think it's Good Maps, but they. It is Good Maps. It's just called it Good is, Maps. They used to be called Nearby Explorer. But then I guess it got too weird and stuff, so they changed everything. No. It, oh, pff, I don't maps, know. Good Maps does indoor. Good Maps does everything, and that's another thing I'd like to talk about: travel yeah. in an accessible. Uh, hey, it's a free app. Yeah, it is. So, like, we didn't even have is the. An Android. And do you remember how? orientation and mobility used to look when you were a kid, Trenton. Like, your cane teacher sits you down and she's like, here's the map, read the map. North, uh, south, east, and west. Blah, blah, blah. Map, per se. Well, I... Which is more like some weird... Uh, weird... Weird what? Um, it's like some weird block thing. Mm, I didn't know about that. Of course, it depends on the school in question. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, when we were little, we didn't have good maps, seeing a Google Maps. I think today, human beings' brains have kind of shrunk. Now, I'm not saying that it's not really a good thing to have GPS, but, you know, I think it's good when, say, you're someone like a buddy of mine who traveled to Turkey recently, and... In Turkey, there are a lot of weird things and other cool stuff to encounter. Yeah, you've got blind square. Blinds? Oh, yeah, but what I'm saying is we didn't have GPS apps when we were young. But, um... No, we didn't have a GPS navigator either. Right, Not we didn't like, have... Uh, 2000. Oh, God, and I'll never forget the day when someone... A, uh... What was it? It was a friend of mine's mom had this. Okay. It was this sexy AF Australian voice on her TomTom. -tom. 
And I think that's the default voice that it comes with. But sighted people love the Tom Toms. Those were fun back in the day. But let's look at what an inaccessible world looked like when we were growing up. Now, the one thing that I do remember about the inaccessibility of the world was there were no labels on doors, sometimes even in churches and other restaurants, establishments didn't even have their bathrooms labeled. And accessibility doesn't even have to encompass disability per se. Today, in the modern sense, the bathrooms are labeled a bit differently because of the kinds of expressions and gender identities that go along with disability. It was not far before not long before that you had a men's room and a women's room. I'll tell you a funny story about bathroom signs. Trenton, you had men's and women's rooms in your schools, right? Like, duh, right? They had Braille. Did you ever see the symbols on top of the, like, the men's and women's on the... It depends on the store. Yeah, but, I mean, most of them had, like, a wheelchair-accessible symbol. I can't remember what the hell that looks like. I'm sorry. It's a wheelchair. Well, duh, if it, they're... Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay, it's so... It's a person, like, on a person, wheelchair. Right. But I want to give a shout-out to a restaurant that has actually revolutionized the whole... and has been joining the revolution of the bathroom thing, but I'll talk about that later. But... Global Accessibility Day is specifically about disability. And one of the things we do have to fight for is access to doing our business, of course. Are you trying to make shoutouts and the teasers that don't work? No. What do you mean? You said you wanted to give a shout-out to someone and then you were trying to tease it, but it was entirely terrible. Well, I didn't want to... It, it was about the gendered bathrooms thing, but that doesn't have anything to do with global accessibility. So That's why, why I stopped it. it. Because I want to mention it a bit later. That's all. Thanks. Okay. <sighs> okay. Do you see why I have to clarify this stuff? Everything has to be clarified. I hate myself sometimes. Hey, why is it referring to you? I know, but like... I can never get things clear out of my mind, but anyway. Jeez. Anyway, so wheelchair accessibility is highly important in bathrooms, but it ain't just bathrooms. We also have to fight for the right to eat with our friends and where we want to eat. So let's say you were planning a restaurant. Back in the day, there were no restaurant rating apps like Yelp. And I honestly hope there are more apps that can rate based on inclusivity and accessibility. Venues. When you planned a wedding, when you planned a concert or a friend's birthday party, and you had family members with disabilities, they were SOL if the venue was not accessible. So, for instance, you want to plan a six-year-old's birthday party in, like, 1992. Your six-year-old has cerebral palsy. What the hell are you going to do? You got to make sure that if they have to use a wheelchair, the bathrooms in the venue have bars on them to allow the little child to transfer from toilet to chair 
to toilet. And during the session, she has to be able to dress herself. That's just an example. And I'm using a girl as an example because, well, back then it wasn't really as recognizable with like gender expressions, like I said, and I'll talk about that in just a bit. Um, in the venue, you would also have to have accessible entrances, doors. A door makes a big difference. So say you have a six-year-old in 1992 who says, I want a big birthday party at the Discovery Zone. Remember that place, Trenton, the Discovery Zone? The little, or the bowling alleys, or the, what the hell did they call those? Chuck E. Cheese is on its way out anyway. But... Yeah, Discovery Zone was its own company. Oh, God, yeah, but that was a fun place. It was a fun place. But in 1992, it was only two years after the Americans with Disabilities Act, things weren't as clear. You also didn't have a chance to control the economy. You didn't really have as much control over whether the customer service sucked or whatever. And if your child in 1992 had autism, yeah, all bets are off. Now let's talk about what an accessible world looks like today. And it begins with doors. A building today, like old Chicago, for instance, we went there recently and we noticed that the bathroom signs were changed. Good. But I didn't, I did not, I purposefully did not want the Braille menu. Accessibility is lagging a little bit in some places because of, we know, the pandemic. But we can't let a pandemic rob blind people of their accessibility or any person of accessibility to the world itself. So what do we have here in 2021 that we didn't have in 1991 or 1992? What do we have? Let's take a guess. First, we did talk about those maps and GPS things. Trenton mentioned good maps. I forgot about Blind Square, but I haven't... Oh, boy. I love Blind Square. I like Blind Square because of how it integrates so much, but... I also think Google Maps is very important. Because they've added features that allow blind people to navigate their way around the world. In unfamiliar areas. And, yeah... Google Maps also has interesting stuff to it, too. But let's get deeper. Accessibility doesn't just touch disabled hetero people, heteronormative people, like the man and woman. We now have bathrooms in places like Old Chicago, which, thank you. Thank you, Old Chicago, for telling me you had a family bathroom. Family bathrooms, I think, are a great idea because it opens the way for folks who are disabled slash anything having to do with, like, you go from transgender, FTM or MTF, it doesn't matter. And you know what? The results are awesome. I thought it would be a nice idea to take away the sex separate bathrooms and put them together into a unisex or 
some people really don't want to be in the ladies' room, but some people don't know if they really want to do the family bathroom thing. But I think the family bathroom thing is also great because there are fathers who want to change their babies, female babies, in a bathroom while the mother is like, dude, I got to sit down and eat. So what does the dad do? He goes into the family bathroom. If there's an available changing table, he slaps baby down on table. Well, not literally, but lays baby down on table and can change baby and then do his own thing after you know baby is given back to mom he can say okay baby's fine baby's fine and I don't know exactly what other things that can be accomplished in such a situation but family bathrooms are also a good sign in my opinion of the accessibility of things If the ladies' room does not have an open wheelchair stall, there are usually ways you can get somebody into a family wheelchair stall and they can do their thing from there. So I'm usually the type who likes the open wheelchair stuff, but I do have to remind myself oftentimes there's only one of those in some places. But openness is also a very big accessibility thing because some people have claustrophobia, which is the fear of cramped small spaces. Elevators are notorious for that kind of thing. So these elevators, well, one, they're small boxes. We have a big one and a small one in our building, but you never know which one is bigger or smaller. I don't even pay attention to that, but they don't talk. The elevator does not talk in my building. And that's a big accessibility no-no. Although what's weird is that when I was a girl, the Disney resorts had elevators that talked. Like it would stop and this weird robotic voice would say, floor, four. But today, take a look at what we have in text-to-speech tech. Let me demonstrate. Just a small demo. Me. Whoops. That, my friends, is an Apple iPad with a very clear voice. A clear as heck voice named Allison. We have gone so far with text to speech tech for the blind. And It shows everywhere. Now, frankly, when an elevator talks today, the voice is going to be a lot clearer. There are companies that are integrating all their text-to-speech doodads. I can't think of another word for it, but my BMA used to call it doodads and gigaws and whatever. But it's just these little text-to-speech doohickeys that companies are throwing into things like like an airplane uh, thingy, like pilots use voice on the airplanes all the time, but it's, but it's got all these unintended benefits. I hope that one day we can put this accessibility to work in driving. An accessible world 
can do better than what it's doing now. For one, I hate spending money on Uber and Lyft. Especially, I hear the apps are accessible, don't get me wrong, but here's the complaint I have against rideshare services. Guide dog denials. Today, we've come so far since Morris, Frank, and Buddy came in and did this whole love in the lead thing and the seeing eye and all that. I have a buddy who sued at least one place because of a guide dog denial, and she's had many guide dog denials on rideshare. People, accessibility means allowing somebody to choose the way they want to experience the world, including with a dog. Dogs are man's best friend. And here's another way we can make the world better. Dogs' noses are so powerful, they can catch cancer. Can we please give every single 40-some-year-old woman a dog cancer screening instead of those painful mammograms? Although there is a dog that will catch the positive and put a paw on the woman's body part, even her breast. I mean, there was a woman who had a dog who kept biting her boob and she goes, what? So this lady went and got her mammogram and oh, sure enough, Buddy, the dog, had caught her cancer, although he wasn't trained in the proper response to the woman's cancer. The dog pretty much told her Look, Lolita, you gotta go get that stupid thing taken care of. With his mad behavior, I'm gonna say, this dog was trying to alert his mistress to a cancer in her breast. I would like to see that happen for every dog and every person. That kind of relationship, the healthcare is a big thing, and I think it's a fundamental right. So if we can have access to the latest, cutting-edge cancer treatment? Great. But let's get even deeper. An accessible world would be a place where gentrification is illegal, where you can't price somebody out or give somebody a lower appraisal level because of their race or disability. When Trenton and I go to buy a house or something, there are places, and I saw this one news article about a woman who was black who was given such a low number on the refinance thing she was embarrassed and she had to have a white relative stand in for her the number doubled that is not an accessible world that I want to see but also what if this woman had been disabled housing for disabled people is oh my god it's hard It's hard to find anything, housing-wise, that doesn't contain bad living conditions, overcrowding, and worse, poor management, and bedbugs. We've been dealing with that for the past three weeks, and our care hours are reduced because of it, and I have literally been grossed out by half the foods that I used to enjoy. I don't know whether it's the building or my stomach or my stress, 
But every day these days is a mental health day, and that reminds me. In an accessible world, your work, your work boss would give you all the time in the world to work from home. And you can have five minute mental health breaks at home anytime you want. But when a child goes to school and is bullied frequently, there are some kids who really need a mental health break. And in an accessible world, nobody calls the kid crazy. Nobody calls the kid moron or other mental health related slurs. And in an accessible world, kid comes home from school to a pair of disabled parents who are able to say, hey, you, you did great on your math, but you might want to study a bit harder on English. Because in this scenario, the blind parents, or even the deaf parents, or even the parents who don't have as much cognitive ability, are able to glance at and listen to a report card from their child. And even more, casework in an accessible world is empathetic, not apathetic. Because of the caseworks, uh, apathy of caseworkers in the child welfare programs in Denver and Lakewood, there was a baby named Gigi who died needlessly at the hands of a mother and the mother's boyfriend. Children should have access to everything from birth. And it doesn't matter whether you're a disabled child. And Gigi did have some disabilities. But I hear my caregiver talk about her all the time and she had pictures of her and everything. But the system let this child down. But it's not the same, you know, thing as... Maybe, well, it's not exactly like empathy. In an empathetic, accessible world, your social worker comes to you and says, can you tell me why you need these services? What can these services do for you? Now, I did take an interviewing and recording class. And if there's one good thing I learned from it, it was this. Don't ask a why question to a child an adult, or anybody. If I want to sit down and interview a mom who's been accused of abusing her kid, I want to know what drives her to do this. Then I want to know, what can I do to make the world better for her and her, her child? In an accessible world, no autistic or other disabled kid has to be, you know, killed off in an act of villicide. In an accessible world, the vigils for such dead children who end up dead as a result of villicide are not the means to disrespect the one who perpetrated such an act, but this kind of thing, this villicide thing would not happen at all because we would have less of it in an, in an accessible world, sure, but if we can eradicate it, that would be the best thing ever. But 
when a parent says, I don't want vigils being held for my kid because the kid is blank, where blank is a pejorative word that denigrates the child's worth. When we hear parents say that I did it because the kid needed to die and all this, that closes the door on everything. All kids and adults need access to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. What are we doing today to improve our lives as, you know, people with disabilities? We do have intersections in identity, such as LGBTQ, as I mentioned. So what do we need to do? First, I want to make sure that everybody knows that in an accessible world, liberty is accessible to everyone. Guardianships are abolished because when somebody can't take care of themselves, that means nothing compared to the things like, oh, well, you know, what rights they should have. Two mentally disabled or intellectually disabled people can get married. That's liberty in action. Because marriage isn't about the ability of one spouse to take care of another. Marriage should be accessible for everyone. Has anyone heard of accessible sex or accessible food or any other accessible things you can think of? Today, comparative to 40 years back, there are a hundred million times more microwavable things you can throw in the microwave. But the biggest accessibility barrier is the price. Some people cannot eat oven-made food because they can't make the food themselves. There are people with cognitive disabilities who may not understand what the oven is for, or if put to the test of using an oven, they don't know how. They don't know which button does what. An oven could also be made accessible through the use of labels for the blind, not using those stupid digital readout things, but a flat range with raised little indentations would really work. I have lots of great ideas for accessible cooking and we can discuss those later, but maybe in another episode or sometime I could put it on the shelf or something, but but access to liberty means access to sexual things. Now I know some of you may think that a woman's place is under a man, but that is not the case. When you buy something and you go to a sex stop, store, sex store, whatever, you want to hear the most inclusive language, but even more, there are disabled folks who really want to have a sexual experience, but partners are often hard to find, right? For those disabled folks who feel good when touched in all those wonderful places, Even some who don't know their bodies, giving them access to information about comprehensive sexual ed, 
comprehensive things about sex, etc., really makes a difference. There's a book called The Ultimate Guide to Sex and Disability that kind of covers it, and it's it's much older than I'd like it to be. But there are other couples and people that might benefit from that book. Now, accessible sex means that when you get with someone, you don't have to perform like a stud. You don't have to have the best body. All you have to do is, it's all within you. And learning about this kind of thing liberated me many years ago. It may have seemed like many years ago. Access to liberty. The pursuit of happiness is a big thing. It's all intertwined. Employers snub their noses at every blind person or person without a driver license or even those with spina bifida and other disabilities. Intellectually disabled folks want to get hired too. Now, victims of abuse suffer lots of mental health stuff. So if you're going to have an inclusive workplace, please make sure you give your employers mental health time and give them a longer lunch hour as well. Like, an hour for lunch is cool. I'm cool with that. But for Muslims, spiritual accessibility is a big thing too. There are blind Muslims out there and other such Muslims and Muslims with disabilities. If a Muslim comes to you with a disability and they ask for time for prayer, firing them is a sign that you are a bigot and you're not accessible. Accessibility is such a broad statement. When applied the way it does for Global Accessibility Day, it's a matter of basic accessibility to all the basic stuff. So the pursuit of happiness is education and a job, mostly. But I also think that around the globe, We need people to be happy and rejoice at the birth of a blind or disabled baby. Did you hear the one about the parents who tried to do a mass, a Catholic mass for their baby so that he would die because he was blind? I did. And that's not exactly the world I want to live in. Did you hear the one story about the German woman who found out that Tibetan was not translated into Braille? Yes, you heard right. Sabria Tenbergen carved out a name for herself and she's one of the leaders in global accessibility. Personally, if I were to choose any role model, I'd choose her. Her Tibetan name was Kelsen Meto, which means flower of good luck and she sure was a flower of good luck she founded a school in India and the school in India is for blind people and entrepreneurs and stuff I believe it's in Kerala and I was reading about it from Rosemary Mahoney's book for the benefit of those who see dispatches from the world of the blind 
Rosemary's book is so cool. It's extremely cool because she talks about how to interact with blind people and we're getting it. When I take a Lyft or an Uber, here in Denver, we have a much more liberal outlook on things. And I have met people who say, it's part of our policy that we have to take the service dog. But here's the one thing I'd like to see in an accessible world. I want people to say, instead of no dogs allowed, the legal thing to do is to ask, what kind of dog is that? What is the dog's purpose? That's fine. If I were the driver in an Uber and I had a buddy come up to me with a dog, I'd, I'd be glad to say, say, uh, what's that dog for, huh? Casually like. They'd say, oh, it's my guide dog or it's my hearing ear dog or it's my seizure dog. Or this is my diabetic alert dog. And all of these dogs must be allowed public access to all public places. Leave Fido to the pet at home. Just leave your pets at home. Anyway. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is hardly the beginning of the accessibility talk. Global accessibility means a lot of other things too. When your child is born with a disability, let's say it was a Hindu family. What if you had a kid that was born with one arm? I want these kids revered, not thrown in a circus or cursed. These kids should be married to the best, if they desire, the best spouses, if they want, they can have their own kid. The other thing that a really accessible world does is it responsibly sources everything you use and buy. For example, let's say you wanted a wheelchair. You want to build a life in that wheelchair. What if you couldn't move your arms? So you get an electric wheelchair, but the price is too high. In an accessible world, an electric wheelchair would be paid for by either a healthcare company or it would have responsibly sourced parts, which would decrease the cost greatly. Example, you have a battery in the wheelchair that is made with really good product. And I'm not sure how to make a battery accessible, like environmentally friendly. But at least the chair's cushions, the arms, the metal, all that would be built by the loving hands of paid workers. Paying the workers to make such batteries and parts for a chair is a very big thing, to me at least. Accessible world stuff does not necessarily have to encompass the fact that we can now look for stuff on the Walmart app and get it delivered to us within days, minutes, whatever. I just got a Walmart delivery, by the way. And 
the the Walmart guy was really nice. It was a very accessible and very good experience. It's not like that everywhere. But then again, uniformity doesn't ever comply. Now, there's one good thing that I love that's accessible today that we didn't have yesterday, and someone did mention this in a Facebook post. TV boxes are accessible now. A TV box like the Comcast one that I have in the living room is perfect for a day of watching Friends. But I also have an accessible smart TV in both rooms that I usually populate. Trenton does spoil me rotten, you can kind of tell. He spoiled me so rotten with a darn Baby Yoda uh, remote cover. You might think, well, you can't really see the color on that thing. Well, I think it's kind of cute. And the good thing about accessible shopping online things is that Trenton can find the stuff he wants to surprise me with. And the online Walmart experience is just as good. I would have bought another Roku, but I won't. Some people don't like it. I use an Apple TV hooked up to it, so it's good. Anyway. Mind you, the remote is not coming until the 16th. The 16th of June when I get my Walmart thing, yeah. I do, and I actually put a picture of the, no, I know, I know, but I was talking about the Walmart thing will be charged on the 17th. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Well, and I want—I actually took a picture of, like I took a video of myself holding the, the little cover. And I got the cover. I want to show everybody this cover. It's a beautiful cover. And I can't wait to get the new remote because then I'm going to take a picture and demo the new remote. Maybe on the podcast or in a video on Facebook. But I am actually going to put some pictures and videos in an album entitled Summer Fun. I'll do more albums like that too. But now that I know how to create photo albums, that's also an accessible art for me. Although I think taking pictures of objects is still out of reach and I'm going to get a new phone for that, but I want to make sure that I can do object recognition a bit better. And that's another thing that an ex- there's so much to an accessible world. I want to wish everybody a happy global accessibility day. And thank you for being so awesome. I want to announce a couple of small changes to the throne room. I do want to try to put my intros in the toilet. I do want to have some kind of way to put this in the toilet, like, on the toilet, do my broadcast from the toilet, because, like, a friend suggested that. I'm like, what? Well, they do call it the throne, but they also call it other things. You know, I might actually do a thing about a history of flush toilets, and I will give you guys the most fascinating tidbits about a toilet. But I do want to be able to find other places to record stuff. 
and it's gonna be awesome. Anyway, happy Global Accessibility Day. What? Is there something I forgot? Uh. Oh, I did forget to mention there is going to be an interview feature coming to Backpack Studio. Yep. Once that comes, there will be no excuses for you weirdos not to submit an email to me. So I can decide whether I want to interview you weirdos or not. I want all of you to email me at denverqueen at gmx.com. Thankfully, I can get stuff in the mail collector. It's no longer going into the mail collector. I had a password compromise leak problem. Thanks, iPad. I just changed all my passwords. I can't wait to see what Apple does with passwords. Because for people with memory problems, passwords are inaccessible. Period. Think about all these things I just mentioned and happy, happy, happy accessibility day.